Hello, everyone, and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help autistic adults and teens become more successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. One of the most important things you can do when coaching someone is to listen to them. When you listen to autistic people, you learn their struggles to be seen, heard, accommodated, and accepted. On this episode of Autism Stories, we talk with Tacey Traverso about the need for more dialogue between the autistic and non-autistic world to change that. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Tacey, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Doug, for having me. Now, I just wanted to start out by learning where does your story in the autistic community begin? Well, my second wife and I struggled quite a bit in our marriage. And at some point, I don't know, four or so, five years into the marriage of seven years total, I felt that something was different about her that I couldn't quite place. And then I started to do research and I discovered that it was possible she was on the spectrum. So I encouraged her to seek a diagnosis or maybe look into that. Part of her autistic experience is that if it's not medically stated, then it's not true. So she kind of ignored me for a while, but eventually she did. And she saw a psychiatrist who diagnosed her. And then she got a full battery of tests that showed her, you know, she's face blind and she's got this and that's just all of the strengths and weaknesses of her experience. So with that in mind, I went to a therapist myself locally who specialized in autism on purpose because I wanted help learning how to be a better partner for her. Probably two months into sessions, he looked at me and kind of cocked his head to the side and said, Tacey, you do realize that you're autistic too. And I cried the whole way home. So I then spent many sessions challenging him. Hey, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it. Why did you say that? What does that mean? Prove it, show me, prove it like any typical autistic person might do. Eventually I accepted it, uh, and then I sought diagnosis from another psychologist just to verify, and he also concurred. He would tell me that I tell very entertaining stories. Um, It prompted me to decide to write a blog, and that launched me into the community uh, in a very big way. So currently you are a senior business development executive at Fisher Investments, which is a privately owned independent money management firm headquartered on the West Coast. Yes. You you have worked there since 2013. You were diagnosed after you started working there? Correct. How did you disclose this diagnosis and what's been the feedback you've received since then? Well, I'll try not to go on too much, but I immediately disclosed it to my manager and the VP, the group VP, and said, I don't really know what this means, but I can see how it impacts me here in a way that I didn't understand before. I've always been impacted at the firm due to my autistic experience, but I didn't know that's what it was. So I disclosed it and said, I wasn't really sure what it meant. We talked to HR just to make sure that they knew and they all encouraged me that if I needed an accommodation to let them know. I guess I kind of started coming out of the autistic closet in a pretty intense way and started asking for accommodations. For example, it's an open floor plan. So 
I might be on a sales call, but I've got coworkers on either side within four feet of me. And it was very hard to focus on the call because I was getting distracted by the other voices or action or activity. So they found and ordered me a special headset that's noise canceling so that when I'm on a call, I don't hear the others. And my boss always runs the seating plan by me first when he wants to change seats. He has started putting me at the ends of the aisle, so I only have one person next to me. And he carefully thinks about who's going to be around me. And now, now there's a diversity and inclusion task force at the firm, and I'm on it. I can't talk about it too much um, to protect firm. Sure. But it's it's I'm the only neurodiverse person so far identified on the group, and it's been very positive. Um, everybody at the firm has been very appreciative about how open I am and the av- advocacy work I do because I connect with all my coworkers on LinkedIn if I can find them. So I've had people come up to me and show appreciation for my work, and I don't even know who they are, but apparently they're following me on LinkedIn. So it's been very positive. I read where you said whether personally or professionally, any time that you talk about your autism and what accommodation you need, that's a golden moment for you. One place you talk about being autistic is on your wonderful blog, The Autistic Wolf. What has been the impact of your blog personally and professionally? Well, I don't put as much energy into my blog as I do my Facebook page because it kind of flipped on its head, meaning I started with the blog, but then I established a page and the page really took off. People wanted more activity there than the, you know, every now and then blog on the, on the website. But what it has done is given me an outlet and a way to express myself and talk through my own experience. I am alexithymic, so that means I can't process feelings very well inside my mind because I'm a visual thinker. Being able to write about them and then seeing the words helps me figure myself out. It's like I don't totally understand myself until I write a blog about something. So professionally, there was some concern about the way I swear in some of my videos or in my blogs. But the firm has been very supportive of that's fine. As long as you're not disclosing private things about the firm, it's fine. We love you. What you're doing is great. So I haven't had to change like my image on LinkedIn to distance myself from my work because they're very supportive of what I'm doing on the blog and Facebook. Now you talk about golden moments. Does the color gold mean anything especially significant to you? Yes. It's not just the color, it's the material. So if you look at a periodic table, the symbol for gold is AU. Someone, I believe in Europe or Australia, has a Facebook page that encourages autistic people to put the AU at the end of their name. And there they have a little list of, of why. Like, you know, by doing this, I'm agreeing that we are important and we are this and we are that. And I really resonated with that because it's such a perfect metaphor. Gold is valuable. Um, It's malleable, meaning the mask. We get squished sometimes, which gold is very soft and pliable. It's, as I said, it's very valuable. So there's things that autistic people bring to the world that wouldn't be there without us. So we're 
valuable in that sense. We had been mined for the way that we think, as you would mine gold out of a mountain. And I think it puts us in a place of pride for who we are to say that we are gold. We are golden piece of this society and we matter and we should be respected as such. And what would be some examples of golden moments for autistic people? I would say that anytime you are interacting with a non-autistic person and they are either expressing gratitude for the gold, I'm going to stick with that metaphor, that you provide to them or their world, it's a golden moment. They're, they're acknowledging that you matter and that you're valuable. Also, anytime an autistic person is communicating with a non-autistic person and saying, hey, I am this. And here's what I need to be free in that. Are you willing to accommodate me? That is an opportunity for a golden moment in the sense that the gold is coming from the diplomacy between the autistic and the non-autistic world. It, it's like a little light shines when they're having that exchange. Now, not only do you want people to individually have golden moments, but to collectively as well for autistic and neurodiverse people with the day, our golden moment. Can you tell our listeners about that day and what is especially significant about it? Yes. When pondering and learning about the autistic movement for freedom, which is in place and in progress, I reflected and found myself reflecting often on my own experience in the gay community because the experiences are very parallel. So I came out as gay when I was 17 to the entire faculty at my Catholic high school. And it was a very powerful experience, not just for me, but it enabled a conversation to start happening at the school for others who maybe wouldn't have been so apt to come out like that. In reflecting and bringing that back to the autistic community, everything I've learned is that we have some dates here and there throughout the year and there's different leaders pushing different ideas, and that's great, but there hasn't been a solidarity or unification. But the challenge is we can't go into the streets and do a march like uh, Black Lives Matter movement or the Gay Pride Parade we, because we're autistic. So being in a crowd in public with all that, that stuff is too much for us. So the concept behind our golden moment is to take a date, pick it, and I intentionally picked April 1st on purpose, and unify virtually the voice of autistic people and neurodivergent people to come out and to say, this is what I am, and I would like you to make space for me. And if we do it collectively, it can be very loud and powerful. And when will our golden moment be taking place? April Fool's Day 2020 will be the first one. When you say the first one is the plan to that be the first of many? There is a repetitive day for um, coming out as gay. This is my hope. My hope is that this date gets adopted by our community as being the repetitive global day that people come out about autism, being autistic, and also being some other form of neurodiverse. I often think about the cost of action, but also the cost of inaction. So what would you say is at stake for autistic and neurodiverse people if they don't come together on a day like this? Uh, 
Such a hard question, Doug. Um, I say that because there are so many autistic people that are terrified of coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't force anyone to do that. Again, go back to the gay analogy. You can't make someone come out as gay. And in the late 90s, it was a very different environment and there was still murder happening to people who were gay. And that still happens today, but it was worse then. So the if people are brave enough to do it, great. The cost of inaction is a smaller voice. But if you think about how powerful it would be if every autistically identified person took to the social media airwaves on that date, we would be creating a newsworthy, powerful statement to a world that hasn't made room for us because they don't think there's enough of us to care. A day like this makes me think about why awareness is so important, because without it, there can be no communication. And without communication, it's very difficult to make things better. How much of a focus is this day in bringing about communication between neurodiverse and neurotypical people? Well, the primary function is to, quite frankly, be disruptive and force a conversation about why autistic people picked or are coming out or are being disruptive on a day that much of the neurotypical world loves, April Fool's Day. But it's such a perfect day to force that conversation because if you look back to the Middle Ages when the April Fool's Day thing even started, It was intended to make fun of the most gullible people, the fools of the village, so to speak, which is so perfect for what we are in the sense that I hate that day. I hate that day because I'm authentic and I don't understand practical jokes and I read everything as true and I am literal. So that day is very uncomfortable for me. If autistic people come out on that day, they are forcing a conversation with non-autistics as to how uncomfortable that day is. And now that's started a conversation that can branch off into lots of different places. I love the word that you used earlier, disruptive, because if you look back at civil rights history, it's always been disruptive moments and actions that have led to change. Exactly. Exactly. Now, How can people get involved or learn more about our golden moment? Unfortunately, my website went down, so I'm trying to build it up again. And if anyone wants to volunteer to help me, I'll take it. Um, So I would say to go to the website, but it's a work in progress. It's ourgoldenmoment.com. Right now, there is a Facebook page with an event on it. Uh, It's facebook.com backslash ourgoldenmoment, all together, no spaces. And you can go to that Facebook page. You can like it and follow it. It's quiet right now, but it won't be soon. And there's an event that you can mark yourself as attending or interested. What the plan is, is as I get closer to April, as we all get closer to April, I'll start using the network to create different coming out statements in the form of memes and visuals that people can just easily share on their page to come out. And hopefully we can take over Facebook and whatever other social media we're involved in. You were talking earlier about for autistic and neurodiverse people to do doing a parade is 
not, you know, or, or a march is, is very challenging. You know, I certainly have some ideas of why that is, but can you maybe talk about from your perspective why that is so challenging? Oh, sure. Yeah, I did the whole gay pride parade thing when I was younger. I won't go now. And it's for sensory reasons, predominantly. It's too much. There's, you know, on my blog, I talk a lot about being a wolf. Because if you think about a wolf and take them out of the forest and just randomly go put them in Ford's manufacturing plant, imagine what that wolf's experience would be like. They would be scattering all over the place, not know where to go. This sound startles them. That sound startles them. Their hair is up on the back of their neck. All these people, they don't know who they are. They don't know what their intention is. There's nothing familiar about the environment that's comfortable for that wolf. To me and my experience, that's what crowds are like. That's what a march would be like. Too many smells, too many sounds, too much light, too many people, people in my space, unpredictability. I don't know if someone's going to get rowdy. What do I do if they do? It's just way too much. But sitting in my living room on my computer is an environment that I can handle. Well, Tacey, normally I would... Thank you for the conversation and thank you for the opportunity to learn for you from you. But today I'm going to instead say thanks for the gold. Hey, I love that. You're welcome, Doug. Um, I hope it's okay that I share this podcast to the world. That's, you know, my little world, whatever. Um, and if anything else comes up that you have questions about, I'm here to help. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thanks to Tacey so much for the conversation. It was once said that to measure the success of our society, we should examine how well those with different abilities are integrated as full and valued members. Our golden moment is an important step in that direction, and that is why Autism Personal Coach is a proud supporter, and we would urge other organizations whose mission it is to truly provide support autistic people to do the same. Modern life can be challenging for anyone. When you're autistic, the world isn't designed with your unique traits in mind, and everyday demands can feel insurmountable. At Autism Personal Coach, we celebrate neurodiversity by empowering adults and teens to be the best version of their authentic selves. The people we serve are the real experts. We're here to help their goals become a reality. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself, you can email doug.bletcher at autismpersonalcoach.com or call or text 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Marcel Ciampi about how autistic women present differently than men. Talk to you then. Conversation issues Keeping it short Even with
talking to our friends can have some issues constantly asking the same questions to them who am I I'm a human too I'm just like